I'm Amber Brooks, a defender for the OL Reign, and I'm listening to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 83 of the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. This is just Charles today. Um, I fell asleep. I don't even remember when, and I woke up here at about 11.30. So um, the other two gentlemen, Bennett and Omari, are busy. Uh, which is perfectly understandable considering it is basically midnight um, on Monday, uh, July 5th. So it's just me this week, which is just like old times, but uh, it's always a lot better having the boys. So um, regardless, let's get through it this week, episode 83. Um, I'm thinking about changing up the order of how I do things. Uh, regarding teams here, but we're not going to try anything different this week. We're just going to go uh, in standard order. Um, Seattle Seahawks team notes, ex-Seahawk Josh Gordon applied for reinstatement to the NFL, and he is hoping to be with a team by training camp. That could be something to keep an eye on, just because obviously um, the Seahawks tried to, you know, try to do their best and give Gordon a shot, but the league has a thing out for Josh Gordon and they have since his suspension time in Cleveland the first time around. So it's, it's a cycle with Josh Gordon, just because I'm not L blaming Josh Gordon. I'm blaming the league here because of how they've handled his situation and how they continue to handle his situation. So, um, I mean, ultimately we'll just have to kind of wait and see how that goes. And if there's anything different considering, um, what his suspension entailed as he was suspended um, indefinitely last time he was suspended. So um, I don't know, it's something to monitor, but ultimately I'm not sure if it's going to go anywhere. We'll just have to, you know, keep an eye on it. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's a tough situation and it's something that, you know, ultimately is one of the bigger things that the league has bungled. Um, but that's not saying much considered they considering they've done that a lot. So, um, regardless, um, Richard Sherman is quotes still open to a reunion with Seattle. Um, that was as of July 4th, a headline came out, uh, and there's two quotes, nothing working right now, but maybe closer to training camp, something could possibly shake up. Um, Seattle needs to figure out the Jamal Adams money allocation before they take resources elsewhere. Um, and Rich Sherman is a guy that's not going to take the minimum. He would need a decent contract. Um, so that, I don't know, that's, that's something new. Um, because, I mean, we've been hearing about this for a while now. So it's nothing new. It's just, I mean, this is the interest is still there reportedly. So, um I mean, I guess that's something to watch also considering that I believe that this team could use another cornerback, especially a cornerback of Richard Sherman's caliber, even at his stage of where he's at uh, in his career. Um, but again, that's nothing really new. So we'll have to just wait and see about that. Um, Seattle's roster was ranked 18th in all of the NFL by ESPN. I think that's a bunch of horse bad word but ultimately this team as a whole has been disrespected even after winning the Super Bowl in different ways so um, 
Am I saying that I believe that we're this really great team? No, not really. I'm just, uh, I think it's a little, I think it's interesting that we were ranked uh, in that situation, in that position. Um, 18th, man, you know, I think that's a little bogus, but again, I don't make these decisions. I just have to react to them. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm this, this roster could be improved a little bit more before, uh, we start camp, but, but that has to kind of tie in with the two guys that we just talked about, uh, in Richard Sherman and potentially Josh Gordon, but we'll have to see if there's room there considering, you know, obviously the drafting of D Eskridge, um, so, and then speaking of a guy like Jamal Adams uh, earlier, uh, contract talks with Jamal Adams are reportedly slow going. Uh, the Seahawks are committed to getting this done, but I'm told it has been a bit slow going. This is a situation that could bleed through training camp, even pro- possibly close to week one. It's complicated because Jamal Adams has some leverage. He knows the team gave up two first round picks to get him. Um, and he's trying to reset the safety market in a big way. Uh, I'm not saying he's holding out, but this is a player who got his way out of New York over his contract. The Seahawks are at least now, at least know they're dealing with a hard bargainer, someone who's willing to bid on himself, which under, which is understandable considering if you know who Jamal Adams is. And obviously if you take into account the two fresh round picks and what he brings on the pass rushing aspect of things, especially last year for this ball club. So when might we see an extension? Um, I would be willing to bed closer to camp um but it it is an interesting situation to monitor just because of what a guy like jamal adams brings on the 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 pass rushing side as well as what we can see from him um out out in the third level when he is healthy because obviously he was dealing with some injuries late in the year last year and through the playoffs um so yeah, no, that's that's something that's interesting to watch, and we'll really have to see what Seattle's willing to pay and how they're going to allocate that money. Considering how they allocated some of the money this last year in training and in, in spring, uh, pardon me, in free agency, um, with dummy years and things like that. So yeah, that'll be. There's some interesting things to watch with this team. I think the Jamal Adams extension is one of those things that is going to be up front. Um, in terms of priority, I don't think there's too much outside of that that will take uh, priority over that. So yeah, Jamal Adams extension, something that everybody in Seattle, um, Seahawks wise, is more than likely going to be paying attention to, and that will be something that the team has to figure out. And Jamal Adams has to uh, agree on when it comes to uh, money talk. It's 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 interesting to think about. I mean. Would I pay him the money he wants? Probably. Just depends on the number. Only because of, obviously, what you gave up for him, but also what he brings to the table in both the field and as a pass rusher, as well as the locker room person that he is. Because, obviously, the the guy that's in the locker room, that's a whole different story. Um, What am I saying? Oh, yeah. The, the, The impact in the locker room is something to pay attention to, and it's not something to just be like, oh, Anybody can, you know, do that. No, there are some guys who are a leader in the locker room and are a better influence um, than others. Uh, And the only thing league news related 
is that the NFL canceled the supplemental draft for the second straight year. Um, this is the third time since 1977, uh, the inception of the supplemental draft, that this has happened. Um, it's more than likely, obviously, related to the pandemic, but it does suck just because that is a situation um, where more guys can get opportunity uh, through the draft and through with teams. So that does suck. Um, heading into Seattle Mariners news, um, the team had another good week, which is something to build on and something to continue to um, to do, hopefully. Um, let's get into the game recaps. Uh, on 6-29 at the Toronto Blue Jays, the team did lose 9-3. to I know I just said they had a good week, but it's starting off with a loss. But you got to bear with me here. Uh, player of the game would be first baseman Ty France with two hits, one run, and three RBIs. He had a three-run shot in that game to tie it up at three. And then things just kind of fell apart there. On June the 30th, though, uh, the team would win 9-7 in 10 innings. Uh, This was a game that was strictly on YouTube. And, man, if you watched that broadcast, you know how much it sucked. Not because the Mariners lost or anything. They did win that game, but just because uh, outside of Ryan Roland Smith and um, they had a woman on there. I forgot her name. Um, besides those two, it re- those guys did not know what they were talking about. They did not uh, pr- know the pronunciation pronunciations of the teams. Oh, not the Mariners, at least they didn't. They liked the Blue Jays, um, and they only cared about the Blue Jays. There were several times where they only cared about Bobuchet's shoes, you know. So that was really rough, and I hope that we don't have to deal with that ever again. Um, player of the game, though, for that nine to seven win in uh, ten innings would be second baseman Dylan Moore. With three hits, um, three hits, two runs, three RBIs. The goal ahead, three-run homer in the top of the tenth inning to win that game. Um, whoa, fireworks! Man, it's eleven fifty-three on July fifth. We're still not running through that supply. Seven-one um, at the Toronto Blue Jays to end of the series. Would the team would win seven to two? Uh, player of the game would be pitcher Yusei Kikuchi, whose name will come up here later. Um, Anyway, seven innings pitched, five hits, one earned run, and six Ks for USA. Another good outing uh, to win that series against the Blue Jays up in Buffalo, where the team is currently playing as they're not able to be in Toronto yet. Uh, but that more than likely will change here in a little bit because um, I did read a headline about Canada changing their uh, border policy. Um, so that's something to note, uh, but I don't think it'll matter because the next time we will play Toronto, we'll be here in Seattle. So. Um, heading into July 1st, no, July 2nd versus the Texas Rangers. Um, in the first game of that three-game series, the team would win 5-4 to four in 10 innings. But the game would be left fielder, center fielder, Jake Fraley, and I say that because he had to sl- uh, switch over as Taylor Trammell came out of that game and Fraley shifted over to center field where Trammell was. Fraley would have two hits, two runs, two RBIs, and two walks. It was the first time a Mariner has done that. Um, since Ken Griffey Jr. on July 18th of 1999. So that's something interesting for those of you who pay attention to stats like that. But uh, Mr. Fraley, since returning from his um, uh, AAA, his AAA tenure this year, um, has really been on a tear. I think I read that he had the fifth highest WRC in the league uh, behind guys like Shohei Otani, uh, Mike Trout, Byron Buxton, uh, Vladdy Jr. And then there's Jake Fraley. So that's pretty interesting to note. Um, and WRC, if you don't know, is basically like a player's offensive impact as a whole. Um, 
So, hey, I remember I was a critic of Jake Frilly at first. I, I remember when he got brought up in 2019 and he had a rough going. Um, but, hey, you know, he's he's really turned around. He's been a guy that's he's getting on base at a great, a great rate. Um, and if he's able to keep that up, that's somebody that injects himself into the outfield conversation with the Seattle Mariners ball club. So that will be something to watch um, as we continue forward. Uh, June 3rd, no, July 3rd versus the Texas Rangers in the second game of the series. The team will lose seven to three. Uh, the, Rex, the Rangers got over Marco, got after Marco Gonzalez a good bit. Um, given up, I believe he had three or four home runs. Uh, given off, he just he's coming off paternity list. He had bad control. Um, as he gave up a bunch of balls that were right over the heart of the plate, which you don't want to do. I believe his four home runs were all uh, right near the center of the plate, which again, if you're a pitcher, you don't want to do that kind of thing. Um, so it was kind of tough. Uh, played the game would be third baseman Kyle Seager with two hits, two runs, one RBI, and two walks. Uh, he did have a solo shot in that game as well, uh, being one of those two hits there. Uh, and then to wrap up the series on Sunday, July 4th, the Seattle Mariners would win 4-1, to one, powered by player of the game uh catcher Luis Renz with run hit three runs and one R, uh, one walk uh he had a three run homer in that game um and then Shed Long also hit a solo shot and it hit one of the windows of the hit it here cafe so that was pretty cool to see it's been a while since I've seen that kind of thing um what? oh um so that was a good to get a win um on July 4th and to win that series against the the Rangers there um, and then the team got a day off on Monday here before they take on the New York Yankees, but that is something that I'm getting ahead of myself with. Um, player of the week this week, I have to go with J.P. Crawford. Um, in 25 at-bats, he had nine hits, seven runs, 32, uh, 32. That's not right. What is that? Huh. I apologize. There's a number here that I do not recognize. Um, Hmm. Anyway. Uh, oh, 32 doubles. No, three doubles. <laughs> uh, three doubles, one RBI, 12 total bases, four walks, a 360 average, uh, 448 OBP, 480 slugging, and a 928 OPS. JP's been continuing to kill it all of June and now extending into July here. Um, and right now it seems like JP Crawford is a leader of this ball club, uh, both statistically and just as a whole. So it's been exciting to watch and just really cool to see. Um, he's a guy that's really lighting up baseball in Seattle here. So, um, yeah, man, I remember before the season, a lot of even earlier in the season, people wanted to either trade JP or get rid of him for Corey Seager. And I was like, no, man, you know, JP is the guy that, uh, you know, won a gold glove last year. And um, I know he didn't have the greatest bat, but he's really improved since then, obviously. So, you know, JP, uh, JP Crawford truthers. Um, <laughs> those of you who have already continued to believe in JP are continuing to be proven right. So hell yeah. Um, yeah, no, I was just never on that train to get rid of JP. Uh, Bet. I cannot speak for him on his player of the week because he's not here. 
Um, the team currently sits at a 45 and 40 record um, and third currently in the AL West still. But I mean, if I told you that the channel manager would be five games above 500 this close for the all-star break, would you tell me you believe that or would you think I'm crazy? So uh, team related news, a lot going on. Uh, June 29th, Hector Santiago was suspended 10 games for having a foreign substance on his glove. He will appeal the ban, which is set for this upcoming week. Um, and the substance was reportedly rosin, which last time I checked, excuse me, rosin is allowed for MLB pitchers. So that's a little ridiculous. Um, the whole situation is just a bunch of is bogus. Um, considering that the league, when they took him, uh, no, when they took his glove after his appearance, uh, when he was suspended for that day, for that game, um, they put it in this big, like, sealed bag, and they still haven't tested it yet, but they suspended him. So how can, I don't know, how can you suspend the guy if you haven't tested the substance that you're banning him for? I don't understand how that works. Um, and if the substance was rosin, what are you doing? Why, you know, why are you putting the little baggie out there on the mound then if, if rosin is suspendable? So... Uh, June 30th, Marco Gonzalez was reinstated from the paternity list, and Donovan Walton was optioned to AAA Tacoma uh, for MLB All-Star Weekend. Uh, for the Futures game, Emerson Hancock, Julio Rodriguez, and Jared Kelnick were all named the Futures roster, uh, but Hancock will be held out of that game for load management, so you won't see Emerson in that game, but um, it was, it's cool to see those guys named. Obviously, Julio Rodriguez and Jared Kelnick are high on this ball cubs uh prospect list but to see hancock on the list is also pretty cool um but i'm more than okay with uh having him stay uh out of that game just you know just to not ruin his management i know like uh i'm not comparing them i'm saying uh which is it's kind of similar situation uh jacob de may not pitch the ulcer game simply because he's going to pitch a few games before that um and he doesn't want to uh, mess up anything um, for his load management. So uh, all-star game itself, Yusei Kikuchi will be the lone representative for the Seattle Mariners. It is his first time as an MLB all-star and he was named an all-star three times in Japan, which is pretty cool to know. Um, but good for Yusei. He's a guy that, um, you know, once we started to vote for all-stars was a guy who really continued. I mean, all year he's been good. Um, and he's been putting it all together. Um, but I mean, he's really been putting it more together, uh, as we approach the all-star game here, uh, velo has been up control has been up. Obviously, if you're a pitcher, you're doing better. You gotta have good control. Um, and just overall, he's, he's been able to go deeper into games, which is really good considering that this ball club has at times had troubles with the bullpen. Um, usage has been great. Um, and you could argue right now that he is your ace. Um, so it's well-deserved. Obviously, uh, we wanted to see J.P. Crawford in this ballgame uh, or voted the All-Star game, rather. But I don't know. It's not that big of a deal to me. Um, I think it's just a slight – it's disrespect to J.P. Obviously, it's a little tough considering how many shortstops there are that are, um, you know, worthy of that honor. But JP's been having an incredible year, and I don't think he gets enough credit that he deserves. Um, 
and who knows if he will just because he's on the Mariners uh, usually that means that somebody's not necessarily going to get that type of type of recognition so um, over the last six series the Mariners have won all of them except for the Rocky series which is a two-game series and they split that series so they continue to win ball games um, and they continue to win series so we'll drop a game here or two well not two they will drop a game here and there, but they continue to win series, which is a big thing um, as we continue forward. And, you know, for the future of this ball club, just because they're going to have to win games and for them to do so when they're still so young and they're still not necessarily gearing uh, for a playoff run. I'm sure that could be next year. Um, it's exciting to see. So um, Jerry DePoto spoke on some of the younger players, uh, and potential call-ups uh, in regards to Jared Kalanick. I said, he said, uh, I don't think it will be very long before you see him again. Um, we know part of what we're doing this year, our success or failure in moving ahead as a team is going to be defined by how good of a job we do in developing this young foundation of players. That's such a big part of that. Um, so they want to get him good and set, and he seems to be doing better. Um, getting back to basics, as he's been down in Tacoma, um, because he got away from some of those things when he came up here. Obviously, uh, if you notice, when he first came up, um, he was having good at bats. He was battling. Um, obviously, I believe in the second game he had the home run two double game. Um, but he just kind of got away from that sort of thing, and you get in your own head um, when you're such a high prospect and you put such a weight on yourself, and then you, you expect yourself to be great. Um. And he kind of struggled there for a while, but, um, you know, if he's getting back to basics, that's good to see. So um, you might see Jared back. I don't know when, but uh, more than likely it's before September call-ups, I would imagine. Um, Cal Raleigh, um, which especially with the situation of Luis Torrens, we may not see for a while. Uh, he said in the case of Jared or even Cal Raleigh, we'll probably see them up sooner rather than later which is interesting to see considering how Luis Torrance has been playing. Um, at the end of the day, when those players join the guys that are out here and are already starting to click and you see them roll um, and we get them there, 200 to 400 plate appearances as we head into 2022, that's one less question we have to answer when asking who's ready and who's not ready. He did speak a little bit on some of the pitchers um, like Emerson Hancock, George Kirby, um, Matt Brash, and Brennan Williamson. Um <laughs> And he kind of mentioned those guys and how they might be, you know, as soon as they hit double A, they might get that sort of call up to the majors, which is interesting to me, at least considering that you don't give a guy um, time in triple A. I am not the GM. I am not the executive of baseball operations. So my opinion necessarily won't have an impact. Um, uh, but it's interesting to see, you know, you've got a bunch of those pitchers like George Kirby, like Emerson Hancock, um, down in the minors interesting to see how you might uh potentially see them at some point and hearing about their development is cool to see so um that is mr depoto on potential call-ups for this ball club uh upcoming for this team uh, july 6th through 8th the team will play a three-game series at home against the new york yankees this is the first time we will see them this year um, and then to wrap it up uh, prior to the all-star game prior to all-star weekend, the team will play 
the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, June, July 9th through 11th. Um, this is your weekly spot for Hom Seattle. Hom has your back in the loving big brother kind of way. Our goal is to change the mental health conversation one heart at a time. I know that actually the day this comes out, Homs is going to have a drop on some things. So um, if you've got the chance and you care, uh, make sure to check that out um, as they will be releasing some new product. And I believe they're 20% off. So that will be pretty cool to see um, if you so care to see that. Um, heading into Seattle Sounders. July 4th, the team played at Colorado against the Rapids. They would draw one-to-one. They would remain undefeated, uh, but I know it's frustrating uh, to not get the three points, especially considering in your last game that you drew. Um, so, uh, player of the game would be Alex Roldan. Uh, he had a 41st-minute goal. That's his first career goal, and he's currently the only player in the MLS this season with a goal and a save, which is kind of cool to see that. Um, I'm not sure how many times that feat has come into play but it is pretty cool to see um this 12 straight unbeaten streak um is equal to an mls record um of 12 straight unbeaten games to start a season in the post shootout era so the sounders continue to roll obviously like i said you want to get the three points um but they remain undefeated so that's ultimately what matters um i do have some bad news in the injury front uh will Bruins suffered a torn meniscus. He will likely miss four weeks at the least. And he did undergo arthroscopic surgery on Friday for that. Um, so he'll more than likely be at least out for um, at minimum the month, uh, which sucks considering this team is already dealing with injuries. Um, and in regards to those injuries, um, hmm, sorry, some interesting came up. Uh, Jordy Dellum, Jordan Morris are out for the year. Nico Ladero and Stefan Fry are still unsure when they may return. And Nuhu is still recovering from a deductor strain. Um, so, yeah, those are your guys that are injured. And this team is still undefeated. So they continue to fight. Um, the team now sits at a – one second. I don't believe that's accurate. I have to check that number. Um What? Oh, yes. Seven and five record. Seven wins, five draws. Uh, They're second, actually, in the West and in the league. Um, tied at 26 points with Sporting Kansas City. Um, so that's pretty important um, because, you know, obviously the Supporter Shield is something that you kind of want to win. Um, and it's nice to stay number one. Obviously, if you look back at this team and its playoff runs, Number one in seeding isn't where they've been all the time, so that doesn't always matter. But, you know, uh, maybe a little bit of a chip. Uh, the team's next game is July 7th versus the Houston Dynamo before they sort of get a week off and they played July 18th. So Houston at home is something to watch there, and hopefully you want to get out of that game with more than just the one point. Uh, Seattle Storm had two games over the past week, uh, July 2nd versus the Atlanta Dream. They would win at home, 91-88. to Play of the game would be forward, Brianna Stewart. She had a season low uh, this game in points with nine points, uh, but she did have a really versatile game. She had six rebounds, four assists, and three blocks. July 4th, 
the team would play the LA Sparks on the road in the LA Convention Center. Um, and they would win on the fourth, uh, 81 to 74. Played the game would be center Ezzy Magbagor with 20 points, nine rebounds, and one block. Um, there will be a reason that she's been getting more time here. I'll mention that in a second. But in the two games that Magbagor has played 20 plus minutes, she has averaged 17 points and 11 rebounds. Expect to see Ezzy get more minutes. Um, as a spot has opened up um, in the in the court, oop, uh, a spot has opened up on this roster um, that has given her an opportunity for more time. Uh, so expect to see her get more minutes, uh, especially considering the the play that she's had in those two games where she's gotten those expended extended minutes. Um, but hey, it, it's mm-hmm. as it was somebody that I highlighted as someone who will potentially get more time um this year and we might see that happen now so uh, also in this game sue bird reached six on the wnba career points list and four players were in double digits in addition to ezzy um no ezzy was one of those four i apologize uh sue had 21 points in this game nope stewie had 21 points epiphany prince had 18 and sue had 13 the team is six and one in commissioner's cups games um and this upcoming week they will play three commissioner's cups games so that's uh if the team wants to win that money, um, they'll need to take care of business this week because I know Las Vegas is close on their tail, both in the normal standings as a whole, as well as Commissioner Cup standings. Um, injury news. We have our first word of injury news. Um, Drew Lloyd with an ankle injury is was held out of that July 4th game uh, at the LA Sparks. More as a precautionary measure as she injured it um, in the... What was I saying? Oh, yeah, in the uh, dream game there. Um, I'm sorry, just not happy with the issue. Uh, not happy with the injury. Uh, held out of the July 4th game as a sort of precautionary measure, so it shouldn't be something that keeps her out long-term, but it is. it does suck to have Jewel Lloyd out, you know, probably more than likely your second-best player on the roster currently. Um, but ultimately, it shouldn't be an issue that will be worrisome uh, in the long term. Uh, June 30th, for team notes, uh, Sue Bird, Brianna Stewart, Andrew Lloyd were all named to the WNBA All-Star Game. Uh, it will be both Sue and Stewie's third uh, All-Star selection, uh, but it will be Sue Bird's 12th All-Star selection, which is the most in WNBA history. Uh, so congratulations to Sue on that. A huge honor there. Um But it'll be interesting to see because uh, Sue Bird will lead Team USA versus the uh, All-Star team there, which is kind of interesting to me. Um, you'd kind of figure that you'd rather give more players, like you give a, a standard All-Star game, but I am not WNBA. I'd not make those decisions. Um, so we will see that pretty in a little bit here. Um, and then that will lead into the uh, sort of international break, the Olympic break. Uh, July 1st, the team signed forward Sierra Burdrick to a seven-day contract. She was the 14th overall pick by LA in 2015, and she has played for a multitude of teams, uh, including Atlanta, New York, San Antonio, uh, Las Vegas, Phoenix, and Minnesota. So uh, a couple of players here getting uh, some time with this news of this next piece of information here. The team waived. Uh, forward veteran forward Candace Dupree 
Um, the general feeling between these two was that both sides felt differently about her role with the theme. Uh, Dupree wanted more of an extended role, um, an expanded role that the team was not able to provide her considering the different ball players that we have on this ball club. Um, uh, so it's tough because Candace is one of the all-time players in this league and she's a, a great veteran to have. Um, but yeah, ultimately she wanted more of a, an expanded role with this team and the team's not able to provide that for her. Um, so like I said, it should open up more opportunity going forward for Ezzy Magbagor, and that's something to watch. Um, but it does suck having to lose, um, you know, a veteran like that. Uh, and then July 5th, the team did uh, bring back forward India Jones to a seven-day contract. If you remember from the preseason, Jones was a draftee um, of this team and was highlighted for her uh, in the preseason, highlighted for her um, offensive rebounding. So it'll be interesting to see if Jones or uh, Burdick will get more than a seven-day contract with the team going forward. Uh, that will be something to note and to pay attention to as this is a roster that, you know, fights for playoffs year in and year out. Um, and it'll be interesting to see who will be able to conti- contribute uh, to that going forward. So the team sits at 14 and four. Uh, they're second in the West and second in the league behind Vegas, who is 14 and four and does have two games over R1 and head to head play. Um, and this upcoming week looks like this. July 7th, they will play the Los Angeles Sparks up here in Everett at home. Uh, July 9th, they will play at the Phoenix Mercury. And then July 11th, they will come back to play the Phoenix Mercury uh, here at home. All of those games are Commissioner's Cup games. Uh, So like I said, those will be important in regards to this team getting uh, a bonus and winning the Commissioner's Cup. Um, This is your Maestro Athletic spot. Um, I know that Maestro does have some things in the works similar to Home Seattle. So again, if you need some summer merchandise, you need some summer clothing, I would check out either of our partners there. Uh, No Seattle Kraken news. I know that we head continuously towards the expansion draft on July 21st here. Um, And that's something to note. Uh, Oil Rain on July 2nd, they had a game at the Houston Dash. This would be a loss, 0-2. to Funny piece of information. Um, the first person to score in this game would be Jasmine Spencer, former member of the All Rain. So that kind of stung. Uh, injury news. Uh, the injury report for the July 2nd match was that Ali Watt and Rosie, Watt, Rosie White were ruled out of this game. And, excuse me, um, Rose Lavelle, Nicole Momiki, and... Nicole Mamiki, Quinn, and Megan Rapino were all out on international duty. Um, so good for them. I know that the U.S. won 4-0 to zero against Mexico today. Um, so we more than likely will – oh, yeah, because that's the send-off series here before uh, the teams go to Tokyo. Uh, team news, the Reign acquired a third-round 2022 uh, NWSL draft pick. Um because from Portland as a result of a discovery claim for Olivia Moultrie that was successfully challenged by the Thorns with the support of the rain. Um, this is an interesting situation if you understand what was going on here. Olivia Moultrie is a 15-year-old who wanted to play for Portland, um, but the league wasn't letting her. Um, and then finally, over the past week, she was allowed to do so, and she did play uh, with the Thorns in the game. Um, 
but what happened here was that the rain believed that you know Miss Moultrie should be in the league and they believed that the best situation for her was to be with the, the thorns um so they both put in a, a claim for her um a discovery claim there um and thorns were awarded her so sort of i guess what seems as like a, a thank you or as a like a reward for helping them uh the rain mm-hmm. acquired a third round pick which is <laughs> pretty interesting um something that i haven't seen really ever in any sport um but it was it was cool to get miss moultrie in the league the general feeling has been that she's got incredible maturity uh for being the age that she is um and we'll see what sort of impact she plays with that portland team obviously sucks to um sucks to see a rival get a good player like that um but it's interesting uh because ultimately you want to progress her career um, and if she's got the talent, she's got the maturity to play in this league at this current situation of her life, then, hey, let her let her do so. Um, and that was something that the NWSL wasn't going to do. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty interesting to see. Um, head coach Fareed Benstidi resigned as head coach, um, which is something that I didn't expect to see. Um, I know that this team obviously has had struggles, um, considering that they um, – <laughs> have not won as many games as they should considering the roster that they have, but I did not necessarily expect for them to just, for him to just flat out um, resign from the team. I know that there was a report that he said some things to the players, um, comments that he shouldn't have made. I don't know what those exactly were more than likely that will come out at some point. Um but yeah, I did not expect that. He resigned effective immediately uh, prior to the, the match against Houston. Uh, Sam Lady, who has been with the club since the inception of the club, the inaugural season of 2013 will serve as the interim head coach until the team does come up with a permanent replacement. But yeah, I mean, the team is two wins, one draw, five losses, sit ninth in the NWSL Cup, only ahead of Kansas City, who they will play at home July 11th. Um, but yeah, I did not really expect just to flat out see Fareed Um, I know that obviously, like I said, if you've got that roster of players, you're trying to figure that out. But, you know, considering who you've got still, you don't want to have those five losses. Um, but it, I don't know. It's, it's really interesting. Um, and it will be something to see who the team comes up with um, as a replacement. Um, so we'll have to watch that. We'll have to see what the team comes up with going forward. If maybe Sam Lady uh, is that replacement. Uh, Angelina was called up to Brazil uh, women's national team for the Olympic Games in Tokyo. So uh, congratulations to Angelina on that, as that is obviously a pretty big honor. Um, and this team has some notable faces who are part of international teams, um, especially who we just talked about um, in international, who were all international duty. Um, so there's a lot of going on with the all rain, a lot further between international break coming up, international teams, um, Farid Ben uh, your French loans. Uh, there's just a lot, there's a lot going on. Oh, like I said, the team is two, one and five. They are ninth in the league and their next game is July 11th at home versus Kansas city and WSL Kansas city sits 10th 
in this uh, tent in the table here. So it would be pretty frustrating to see. Um, <laughs> pretty frustrating to see if they lost to this team. Uh, so we'll just have to see. Uh, no Seattle Supersonics news. No Seattle Dragons news. There is a little bit going on here uh, with the NCAA. Um, over the past week, the NCAA announced that uh, the NCAA cleared the student athletes to pursue name, image, and likeness deals starting on Thursday. Uh, if you don't know what name, image, and likeness deals are, it's basically just you know representing yourself and your own uh, your yourself as um, for sponsorships and stuff like that. Uh, so some background on this information, some background on what the NIL, name, image, likeness uh, rights mean. Roughly a dozen states have their own laws in effect that will dictate how these athletes can profit off of, the, off of their name, image, and likeness. Uh, the NCAA has instructed schools that are not in these states to create their own individual policies based on loose guidelines that are designed to prevent pay-for-play situations uh, and payments that are used as recruiting indu- and inducements. Uh, schools are not allowed to directly pay athletes. Schools are allowed to hire, no, students are allowed to hire professional help slash agents. Uh, athletes cannot endorse alcohol, gambling, or tobacco products. I know that in the future, it seems like the Supreme Court may come up with a, no, the Senate may come up with a standardized set of rules for the NIL. But this is pretty big uh, for some athletes to get paid for some of the things, what they're doing. Pay, get paid for endorsements, get paid for sponsorships, uh, and get paid for their own merchandise. Um, so uh, my question would have been, who are we most excited to see in terms of uh, merchandise? But obviously, we don't have the guys here for that. Um, so we'll just have to wait for next week to see that. But yeah, that's that's pretty big. Um, and I have one last piece of news here. Um, actually, a couple pieces of news. I lied. I'm sorry. Um, Team news for the Washington Husky football team. The team did lag, land Omeka Megwa. Uh, he committed to UW. He's a four-star running back out of Texas. He picked the dogs over Bama, Notre Dame, and among others. Um, the team did not lag JT, land JT to Myloa. Um, he did pick Ohio State, which sucks, but you, know, you got to kind of move on. If somebody doesn't pick the Huskies, it's like, okay, whatever. Just move on. Um CBS Sports cited UW as having the easiest path to the Pac-12 championship game this fall. Um, some notable games for the Huskies this year will be Michigan on the road in the second game of the season, um, at Arizona, at Stanford, and back-to-back games. And then they will place Oregon at home right after that stretch, as well as at Colorado. Um, the school shuffled some of its future non-conference games. Those games include Portland State at home on 9 10 of 2022 which is next year um so big game against portland state next year for this ball club uh the schools oh yeah michigan state they will play michigan state at home uh 9 17 2022 um and away 9 16 2023 boise state they will play at home 9 2 23 um hmm? Oh, yes. And then away, 9-8-29. So school's planning into 2029, which who knows what I'll be doing 2029, man. Jeez. Um, Colorado, no, Eastern Michigan, they will play 9-7-24. Colorado State, they will play at home 8-30-2025. And that home game against Michigan is rescheduled. I used to be upset because we didn't have that home game anymore because of the pandemic. Um, It will take place 9-9-2028. So... (laughs) 
yeah, they're planning deep into the deep into the future here. But that is the last piece of news that we have for the week. I apologize if I stumble over some things. Uh, I've been real tired uh, the past few days. Um, I know I sort of conked out on July 4th, and I've been asleep for a decent amount of the day here uh, on July 5th. Uh, so I apologize for not, you know, not being too awake. Um, but I appreciate all those who continue to listen, uh, even throughout the uh, the stumbles there. Uh, so I hope you all had a good July 4th weekend. I hope you're all safe. I hope your pets were all safe and okay. And any of those who might be affected by loud explosions, I hope you're doing all right. Um, and I will see you, uh, which is next Tuesday. Let me take a look. July 13th. So we'll be back July 13th. Should be a full set of people for you. Um, don't believe it'll be just me for that. Uh, regardless i want to thank again everyone again for those who listen and i will see you all on july 13th baba boy